go to the next step if we do not have faith. Now, as as I'm teaching this morning, I I hope you realize we're, we're believing this is the year of the harvest. And we know and we all desire that God gives us what we've sown in previous months and years. Uh, some of you have been believing for uh, family members that are lost that will come to know Jesus Christ and make Him personal Savior of their life this year. Anybody here with me on that? Some of you are believing for healing in your body. Maybe you've been suffering with something uh, for years, maybe it just was diagnosed last week, but you're believing, you're saying to yourself, God, I'm standing on your word. How many people are going to believe for harvest in a healing this year in your life or somebody else's life? You, you know, when I when I think about my life and, and based on the word of God, all the things that God is working in and through my life, I, I just, you know... The person that thinks that, you know, Christianity is a boring thing to be a part of, or they have no faith in their life. Because if they have faith in their life, it's like going down the big hill of the roller coaster. Wah! You know, anybody ever gone on a roller coaster and you think the, the expectations of being released on that last hill, you know, is bone chilling. Boy, God, I hope that they made this right. I hope, this, you know, you're holding on. I love those pictures that somebody has put on. Sometimes it's Facebook, sometimes it's YouTube. And they got the video right here. And, and I don't know who sent me this just this week, but there was a, a, a couple and they're in. It looks like a parachute, you know, that kind of bungee parachute, which whips them up and then releases them. And, and this couple and the lady is sitting there. They're a younger couple. And, and, and she, I don't know what I'm telling this story, but it kind of goes with faith. And, and, and she's looking at you. Ah! You know, because the camera's right here. And he goes, and I don't know if he passes out or what, but he's got this goofy look on his face. And she's going, ah, and they come to rest. I'm going to kill you for putting me on this. And he's over there. And then they come to the end, and he's been like that for probably, you know, 10 seconds of the ride. And, and then he kind of wakes up. He's like, scaredy cat. <laughs> she can't see what he's been going through. Anybody ever seen that video? Yeah, you probably saw something like that. And I thought that's the way it is. Is a lot of times when we go through things in our life, even though that we're holding on by faith, that we have to realize that it's by God that he's bringing us through that, not our own efforts. Even though that it is a process that we work and we grow and we get stronger in faith, that it's because of God that we're even allowed to go through those things because he is an overcomer in this world. We are overcomers in this world because of who he is. We are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, that's who we are. So, so when, when we begin to preach about faith, I never intend for us to act like we're superheroes. That's based on our own ability. It just doesn't work that way. It's because of who you are in your own identity of knowing who you are in Christ Jesus that gives us supernatural ability. You could say it's our natural with his super on our natural that makes it supernatural. That he specializes in the extraordinary. You say, well, I'm not anything but ordinary. God specializes in giving to the ordinary the extra that's going to make it. Now, now watch this. I see this all the time that people that are walking in faith, 
that they might think, you know, and sometimes I've got to wake myself up to this myself, is what you know, you think everybody else knows. Let me tell you right now, I, 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 if I could sound a chime, you know, bong, you know, to wake us all up to that fact, it would be revolutionary for people in this church because what God has spoken through the church to you and helped you grow into a certain level of maturity and faith to, to realize that the people that you come in contact with are clue, not because they're stupid or ignorant. They just have never heard what you've heard through the Word of God. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And, and, and as we again realize that faith You could put it this way in Luke chapter 17, verse seven, Luke is referring to when Jesus is talking and and it's in red and Jesus says, what if one of you had a servant and you ask him to do what he's supposed to do? He's he's just going to say, that's what I do. Talking about previously, all you have to do is have the size of a mustard seed of faith to be able to say to the mulberry bush or the tree to be uprooted and cast into the sea. Sometimes that seems like in our natural mind to the very intelligent, well, that's something that's just impossible. Sometimes the very intelligent people cannot walk by faith, even if they've memorized the whole Bible, still they don't have revelation through the Word of God for their life. This morning, To understand that somebody can say, you know, I really don't feel like I have faith. I I, I don't know if I have faith. Let me tell you, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, God gives us a measure of his own faith. To think about it is the creator of the universe. When you see, you know, the birds tweaking out there and all the things that are beautiful and think God created it, that a portion of the faith that spoke the world in existence, that kind of faith dwells in you. You have the power, it says in the Bible, that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in you. You don't believe me? Look at Ephesians chapter 1. That becomes exciting to realize that what God has placed in each one of us, to some extent, it lays dormant in people. That they just don't know the power that God has given them through faith to be able to see mountains moved and people healed. And and sometimes we begin to draw back because what have I taught in the past? Our belief system will depend on what you've been told and what you've accepted in your life. It might not even be true. It has begun to frame your thinking. And in that frame of thinking, you've been going down a path that you think you're true. It's true. And out of that belief system, you'll make choices. And out of that choices, you'll make experiences that will confirm or deny that belief system. And the only way that you can really, I, I in my life, you can decide for yourself, But the word of God is absolute truth in my life. Just like the rocket ship that's on its way to the moon has to be constantly adjusted and the the jet engines or whatever, the rocket engines have to be fired to keep it on course. It's the same way with a a person's life to continually get back in the word of God and hear the word of God and hear the word of God and hear the word of God. And by hearing the word of God, then there is a product that is developed and that is faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. This morning, it's just in how to use that faith and how God functions through that faith in our life. Now, a lot of times I've, I've had people say, you know, I, I don't know if my faith is real or if I'm just pretending. Anybody ever feel like you're just pretending? 
So we're, we're going to be talking about that today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, I, I just want to begin by saying this verse. It says, examine yourself. Examine yourself. You know, you go to a doctor and, and after a while you go, you know what, i got to get a checkup just to examine, see if everything's working right, everything's in motion. Because some people can feel perfectly okay, as I found out a couple weeks ago, with my father-in-law, and within a matter of hours, he's having a major heart attack. Examining yourself, you go to the doctor, and the doctor puts you under an MRI, CAT scan, x-ray, whatever it is, and they go, hey, you need to do this, you need to check that. Uh, praise God for David being here this morning. He had a traumatic experience. He, he was in the hospital this week again with heart issues, and the blessing of God was on his life. But, but going through the examining ourselves this morning, that's what the Word of God is going to tell each one of us. To examine ourselves. Let, let's look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says this. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? If you'll allow the Bible and the Holy Spirit to be your doctor in continually examining ourselves of what comes out of our mouth, the actions we take, then we will stay on the same course that God has for us. Now, this morning, when you read a passage like that, does it mean that sometimes the faith isn't always what it appears to be? Apparently so. That's why the Word of God in our lives begin to bring out the actions when we get revelation of what the Word of God says over our lives. I, I, I want to bring your attention to Timothy. And here's Paul, and he's speaking to this young, I guess you could say, protege of him. Uh, he's going to be a young minister, and he's going to go, and Paul is speaking in his life. And he remembers something through a memory, and he says it this way in chapter 1, verse 5 of Second Timothy. It says, I am calling upon memories of your sincere even though it's unqualified faith. And then in the Amplified, it's going to define what that is. The leaning of your entire personality on God. Isn't that wild? Come on now, watch this. Your entire personality of God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in His power, His wisdom, and His goodness. Doesn't fear, doubt, and unbelief start right there? Well, God, I don't know if you can pull this one off. I don't know if you're going to be God in my life. I've heard testimonies of... You begin to not trust and have confidence in His power, His wisdom, His goodness, and faith. A faith that first lived permanently in your heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am fully persuaded dwells in you also. He's talking about, again... That's sincere, even though that it is still unqualified. It hasn't seen everything. But again, as we talked about last week, when trials and tribulation comes, it doesn't build our faith, but it builds what? Patience. And in building the patience, it helps us to the finish line, as we talked about last week, that we again see God fulfill what He's promised in our life. I'm going to give you five things this morning. Just like the rocket ship making adjustments to be able to get to where it's going. I, I want to ask yourself through this examination these five things. And, and the first one is this. Do you overuse the phrase, I believe, or I'm believing for? Now, now here's what I know. Is if you've been in this church uh, for very long, you know that 
as we have faith, we begin to believe for what we are saying and what the word of God says in our life. But if we're not careful what the phrase is, well, I'm believing for this in my life is nothing more than just saying I'm wishing or I'm wanting. And if we're not careful, and, and I'm not going to belabor this point because I can get so legalistic and out of balance that you go, I don't know if I'm really believing or you know, wishing or wanting. But what I'm saying is a lot of times I think people that are wishing or wanting, they'll let their faith go down and they don't even really realize the reason is, is because they think they're building their faith on just saying, I'm believing for it. And faith doesn't come by you saying, I'm believing for it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And by being in the word of God, then again, the revelation of the word of God for what you're believing for actually pops. It becomes real in your life. It begins to boil over. It begins to become real in your life. And, and, and again, let, let me say it this way. This morning, if you feel like, you know, Pastor, I... What is faith all about? You, you might not even be in this place. But if you're careful and not allow what I just said to take place, you'll be well and a lot better off for it. Again, when, when you're believing for something, you're constantly in the word of God of what you're believing for, allowing the word of God to create faith and not just saying, I'm believing for it. I'm believing for healing. And the second thing that I want you to examine yourself is this. Then what are you standing on? See, because a lot of times we see that people say, well, I'm, I'm believing. And the next question is, well, what is your basis for believing? What are you standing on? What is the passage of Scripture or, or the, the, the text that you're, you're bringing out that's saying this is what I believe God is speaking over my life that I'm believing for? Now, now, let me say this. I, I believe that as a church, that sometimes the obvious is not obvious to everybody. The day that I b was believing, because the Word of God, to do something for the community, something as an inner point to the kingdom of God that we could build a relationship for. And I'm, I'm praying, and I remember we're at a minister's uh, retreat. It's kind of a cabin in Missouri, and it's so far out in the sticks, June bugs don't get there until July. I mean, it's way out. And, and there's not a question of being unplugged. There was no service, so... My brain begins to rest. And I begin to just kind of, you know, as I'm praying and, and I'm walking and I'm praying and walking, it's a beautiful place out there. And uh, I come back to the, the, it's not really a cabin, it's more of a cottage. It's, okay, it's a little house. Okay, it's beautiful. And so I'm sitting out in the, the yard and, and I'm on a picnic bench. I, I, and again, I could take you there right, let's go. Come, no, I'm just kidding. But if, if I could take you there, I could take you exactly to the place and I'm sitting there and I'm praying, God, you know, I, 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 I want you to speak to me in the direction of where our church needs to go. You, you know that we want to reach our community and, and God, I, I'd like to do it in a way that, 
you know, we, we've done outreaches and, and we've done all these things. And, and as I'm sitting there, you know, we were we were thinking that God was going to build a sanctuary. And, and you went with me to another church location that the building we could have done and everything could have, you know, by faith. And, and God says right there at that picnic table. you to build a coffee shop. Now, at that moment, that's all he's given. I wish he would have given me just what we know today. And not just a mention of what we will know in years to come. But I'm sitting there going, a coffee shop? Talking about stretches. That, that's not orthodox. You know, God, should we have stained glass windows? You know, I'm trying to make it churchy. And, and I remember praying, if the Word of God says, go into all the world and preach the good news, sometimes we get focused, even as a, a universal church, always reaching out to overseas, which is good. But when it starts in Jerusalem, so to speak, your backyard, it's a whole different story of investing that much money to be an outreach to our community. And, and I remember after I kind of woke up and shook my head, I thought, is that real? You know, Because from that moment until the completion, can I hear you? It was not easy. We talked about that a little bit last. Patience had to take me to the finish line. But to stand on the word that God, to go into all the world and to begin with this in mind, to begin to stand and, and to believe that we were able to do that. Let me tell you, it, it sounds so easy in hindsight. But to have the word of God as a real foundation when you go through those times of, of doubting. And I hope that you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in your life right now of what you're believing. What is the foundation of what you're believing for? What is the passage of scriptures that, that God has given you in your time of praying? Because a lot of times what we do is we'll take something out of context and we say, I'm believing for that. I remember not long ago I heard about a man that was believing that he would marry this woman. The only problem was she was married to another man. He was standing on Mark chapter 11, verse 23, that says, you can have whatever you say. Or Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him who believes. But see, because the word of God says that you need to rightly divide the word of God. In the passage, it says correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, which means rightly handling and skillful teaching the word of truth. In other words, if, if you go back even to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says, if we ask anything according to his will. So we know that what God's will is not to marry another man's wife. Do, do you hear me? See, sometimes we get in this mindset that we're going to just have any kind of faith and we're going to, well, just take his stuff. Well, the word of God says that it's against adultery. 
have a solid foundation on the Word of God, again, gives us a conscience that gives us the, the strength to be able to say, God, you're going to be able to handle this in my life. If somebody said, I'm believing that John Miller is going to send me to college and mow my yard and take care of my kids on Friday. You can believe all, say I believe, but until I get in agreement with you, you're out of the will of God. That is not standing on the will of God. That is not standing on the word of God as your foundation. Again, getting out of context, getting out of the, the mindset that you can just say, anything that I want in my life is the will of God, or that by faith I'll see it come into my life. I, I hope that that is common sense, but the world we live in, it, common sense is not common practice. Number three is, are you praying when you should be saying? Are you praying when you should be saying? Again, faith doesn't come by head knowledge. You can memorize all the Word of God, but if you don't have revelation of what the Word of God is saying in your life, for your life, it just becomes printed material. And I think that that's what a lot of times we see in, in the church world. Revelation is when the Spirit of God reaches inside of you and turns the light on. You know what? Uh, to be able to say to the mountain to be cast into the sea, again, sounds so fairy tale-ish, fantasy. But can I tell you that a lot of us hang out at the sea? Let me put it this way. If you have faith, you can say to the mountain, be cast into the sea. When you have faith, in another passage it says, you can say to the mulberry tree to be uprooted and cast into the sea. A lot of times, there's a lot of people that just hang out at the sea where everybody's casting their problems. Now, hear that. Because if you're a person that when somebody speaks faith and they're standing on the Word of God, and, and you're to, well, let me tell you. And a lot of times that we find ourselves, we're praying instead of saying, and what I found out as a pastor, that there's, it's easy to pray the problem. Now, we've said this before, but this is something that I need to be constantly reminded myself is because if we have an obstacle that comes up that we're saying, OK, I, I need to I, need, I know that God can overcome this in my life. I know that I can have faith for this and I can see it to the finish line, the manifestation of what I'm believing for. You know, let me give you an example. They're not here today, but Daniel and Giselle Lopes, you know, that had to go to Brazil to get, you know, immigration. They can just be praying the problem. God, I pray to God that you would smite that immigration officer that messed up on our books. Or you might just be, God, you know how bad we got it. We <laughs> Is that not, com I mean, is that common practice in our in our world? That we pray the problem. That we begin, because we see the problem, we say, God, here's the problem. I want you to take the problem off of me. Instead of us speaking to the mountain, be cast into the sea. Now, again, sometimes people get this all mixed up. 
sometimes we realize that when we begin to speak it, the number one person that needs to hear it is us that comes out of our mouth into our ear. Things go wrong for a while and we go, you know what, I just don't know if I can make it. Who heard that? You did. Again, out of that experience goes back to your belief system. Well, God doesn't work every day. Why not? Because I just said, I don't know if he can handle this in my life. I don't know if he can heal my child. I don't know if that can ever be a possibility. Let me tell you this morning that if there isn't somebody in your life that can speak encouragement to you, you need to, you know, to get with that person. If it's not a husband or a wife, it needs to be somebody that can encourage you in the Lord in that. And hopefully there are people in this church that you can be, again, in covenant with that can speak encouragement to you. Are you praying or are you saying? There's something about, again, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Truly, I tell you, whatever you say, whoever says to the mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for them. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. That you're saying, God, I believe what I'm believing for. I believe that you can bring it to completion. Not just praying the problem. Speaking. You know, when we're building this coffee shop, and let me tell you, some of the lowest times were when things happened that weren't supposed to happen. And, and I mean, just, you know, just goofy stuff. And you would say before the construction, to me, things are like that. It's going to happen. They're just going to happen. And and I would have said, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. But can can all of us be honest? We're never ready. And so what happens is you, you begin to go, ugh. And it's almost like you didn't realize it, but someone took the drain out of the bathtub and your face starts draining out. Yeah. All of a sudden, the problem becomes bigger. You know what I mean? Bigger than the solution, which is the completion of the building. And and what I'm teaching right now is what I began through a, a friend of mine to begin doing. He said this. He said, John, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Is through those obstacles that you're facing, and all of them are real. They're not make-believe. You're not just stressed out and making a, you know, a mountain out of a mole. They are real. Nobody's saying that they're not real. But he says, what I want you to do is by the word of God, just begin to look in the future at what that looks like. What what do you see? And I said, well, I, I see the coffee shop full of people. The people coming in and learning the word of God and and and, and, and the church being a, a, a innovator in ministry and business. He said, just begin believing for that outcome. That's what you're believing for by faith when you started. But see, sometimes in the middle of the believing for what you're hoping for, faith is being sure of the things we hope for, certain of the things we do not see. In the middle of that race, so to speak, to the finish line, we begin to lose sight of that. All those distractions are something that's going over here, and they're a bunch of little 
feels like minions going over here, over here, over here, over here. And what you were shooting for, all of a sudden you begin to look at all these things saying you're not going to get what you were believing for. But there's something about speaking to the problem and saying, this is not where we're going to stay. That's where we're going to go. Do you know the other day, now that we built the coffee shop, there, there's something about John Miller. I, I just love to be around people. And sometimes being down at the church, is, it, gets a little, it gets a little quiet. And so I go down there and I pick out one of the tables and I sit there. And, and you know, I, I look over here and you know, there might be John Taylor sitting with an attractive lady. I look and there's Aaron. That was Aaron right there. I just I was and I get excited and I think there's people in our church. And then then I see this group come in here and that group come in there. And I'll, I'll tell you the truth. There's something about just being so proud of what our church has done. And you might say, well, Pastor, I I, don't, I didn't build anything. It was you. I'm not saying that half-heartedly because I know John Miller. I couldn't have done that without the church. And I look in there and I see people do it. There's a gentleman that comes in every night. His job is about 7, 7.30 and he comes in every night. Every night. And, and sometimes, I, lately I've been down there a little bit later in the night and, and here he comes in again. And he, he, he gets his... What's he get? He... <laughs> He, they know it, white chocolate mocha. And he cannot go out without talking about, so tell me about the church. Me and my family would like to come to the church. To have the revelation of seeing things like that happen because the Word of God speaks over our life before it happens. To see this networking group coming in. One day I pulled up in the whole, we, we might have to build more parking lot because it's it was packed and, and I had to park over by the dumpster. I'm not bellyaching, don't get me wrong. I was so excited to do that, I almost thought I'll park at church and walk down. Give me all the workers' keys. I'll drive your car all the way down there and drop fired up. And I go in there and Todd Mayer, which attends our church, has brought his group that meets there every Tuesday. And, and beside the weekends, our best days, I said, what's the, the weekday, what's the best Tuesday by far, Dad? Why? Because Todd's group is in there. And they buy over $100 worth of stuff every weekend. And then, then you see these groups coming in and, and these women, you know, so not all of them buy something. They're, they're coming to Bible study. And some of them come through and they kind of, oops, you know, I'm not going to buy anything. And they'll go in the uh, executive suites and sit there. And see, in any other business, what would happen? You can't do that Bible study in here. It might be a little fleshy, but we're kind of waiting for the day that someone says that. And then we're going to put on our cape. Yes, you can. This is the churches. 
Let me tell you, God is doing some good things in our, our church. And it's because we walked by faith and not by sight. See, we, we can't get used to sickness or lack or strife. We don't accommodate that and say that just everybody has to put up with that. We don't blame God and say, God, I've asked. You make it to go away. And, and God, you haven't made it go away. I'm blaming you for it. We don't do that. To be able to speak to the mountain, to be able to say, God, you have decided in our heart before we started that this was going to be a done deal. and We're believing what you said. How do you know when you should be saying instead of praying? When you pray the two prayers that God really can't answer. And that is asking God to do something He's already done and asking Him to do what He told you to do. In those two cases, again, we speak to the mountain and we believe in our heart. And not doubt. Number four is this. In examining yourself about real faith in your life. Do you get results? Everybody's thinking it. Let's just say. Do you get results? Real faith will always bring results. Another thing is real faith doesn't get frustrated. Again, if God's placed it in your heart and it burns in your heart. Even though the distractions get there to get your mind off something else, you're going to say, God, I believe I receive what you spoke over to my life. And another thing real faith is, is it's expecting. Expecting God to work miracles and expecting God to show you things that you haven't seen before work in your life. It, I didn't say it was easy. Matter of fact, it has to become part of your DNA that you begin expecting things. And that's what faith does when God gives you revelation out of his word for your life. Let me tell you, this is probably the most exciting thing. If you can think of one of the most landmark things that have happened in your life, I don't know, somebody uh, gave you a promotion or a job opportunity or you went, you know, I don't, whatever. But you didn't realize that that was going to happen. You know what I mean? The Joseph Pharaoh moment. You know, he's in prison. He doesn't know that he's going to be second in command in, in about an hour. And they knock you on this door and they, they say, hey, we got to clean you up. And he doesn't know in about 45 minutes that he's going to be the second richest man probably in the whole country. And then they take him down and they shave his beard all, or all the, the stuff and they put him in clothes and they take him to the Pharaoh and he doesn't know in about 20 minutes he's going to be probably you know the most powerful man outside of the Pharaoh in all of the known world. And then the moment happens that Pharaoh speaks over his life and says, you demand. Can, can you, in your life, come on now, it's going to take some doing, but can you get to the point of walking by faith and getting an expectation that God is doing something in your life and that moment's just around the corner? It'll revolutionize the way that you act, your, your temperament, your mood. You've heard me preach about being praying that God puts you in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about all that He has for you and then praying, God, help me realize it when you do it. There's something about expectancy. You're doing something that you do all the time. You're going to work. You're going to this job. You're going to this meeting. 
And that is going to be the breakthrough that you never, you never thought naturally, but because of your person of faith, you begin to expect today could be that day. The phone rings. Oh no, it could be. That's good news right there. Everybody with me on that? Do you get results? Again, you, you're changing possibly your belief system. And out of that belief system will come choices. And now that choices will come experiences in your life. Number five, are you acting on your faith? In James chapter 2, verse 17, it says, So also faith, if it does not have works, which is deeds and actions of obedience to back it up by itself, it is destitute of power or inoperable deeds. Now, now what, what is this saying? Is that again, we know that faith without works is dead. And some of you, what you call is realistic people or or not negative, but you know, you know what I mean? Realistic people. People that are practical. What, what, if you're leaning that way, realize that what James is saying is if you're believing for something, get off the couch. We could still be believing for a coffee shop in a retail space down the God. We're open. Let a contractor come. Give us the money. God, you're a good guy. God, and just, just put it down there. From one Sunday to the next. And, and I could get all emotionally charged. Can I get a witness? And everybody, yes, it's not going to happen. So if you're believing for something, if God is placed in your heart, just just one thing. Let me just tell you this: one thing that we're believing for is as a, a ministry out of the the roasting of the coffee is to find. We've created a green hands roasting, Gwen and I, and in each one of the fam the fingers of the hand of the logo is red and yellow, black and white and brown. Everybody, anybody remember that song? They are precious in His sight. And we're believing God and standing on the Word of God that we're going to see us be able to buy coffee to be able to support all those children of those nationalities all over the world. Bruno and Mavi are out of town and usually Bruno would say amen at that time. Can I get an amen? Thank you. That's pretty good. So my action of faith is begin everywhere that I go, I begin to speak. I, I begin to say, this is what God's doing in my life. I'm acting on my faith of being able personally to see that come about. Now, now stick with me on this. If, if I'm taking action in doing that, let me use Daniel and Giselle one more time. He's going to Brazil. I'm an expecting person of faith. And I'm wondering, God, why would they go to Brazil at this time? So, of course, I go, hmm. What's the largest growing coffee region in the world? Anybody? Brazil. Supposedly, if you add up all the other countries' coffee production, it doesn't equal Brazil's. So I told Daniel, 
if you're driving around and you would ever come in contact with a coffee farm and they would have a need for us to help children in that region, why don't you, why don't you check it? He's already called me with a video going by their coffee farm. Do, do, do you see the expectation? Do you see the actions? God, we'd love to be able to help children all over the world. But God, I don't know where we could do that. So, so there's already been people that have come in that because I've told that story to Heath and to Luke and them, they said, there's a lady from Zimbabwe. And she's got an amazing story. And then another one from this region in Indonesia that they've gotten really, at this point, rejected from their country. And they have a, an ability to... How does that happen? Are you a person that sits back and goes, well, I never win anything. I know Travis doesn't say that. He wins every drawing we have at the church. Man of faith. Are you saying, man, that never happens to me. Pastor John just seems like he falls backwards into money or backwards into opportunities. Are you a person that puts your faith to work and then works your faith? I'm believing for promotion in my new job. Are you getting there early and leaving a little late? Oh, no. <laughs> Those people aren't going to get anything out of me. Stay right where you're at. will recognize a person of faith because they look long and expect for the goodness of God in their life. And as we see those things develop in our life, all of a sudden you come to a whole other level in your spiritual walk. What you used to do and, and used to say and used to be the position you're, it's, you, can't, you can't even recall how that felt. But someone else shows up in your mind and reminds you pretty quick. What's going on in your life? And you say, God is a good God. Let's pray today. Father, today, God, through your word, we can see how your hand is upon us. And God, we know that when we bear much fruit, it is to your glory. That God, men can see our good deeds and glorify you because of who you are. Father, we thank you for those moments when we see people, God, they say that their life was changed because of our testimony. But God, we know that our testimony is always based on your goodness. And Father, being people of faith, not walking in fear, doubt, and unbelief, but walking in faith, believing that what we have been spoken over by your word, by revelation in our life, by reading your word, by reading your word, saying that can be mine. God, then when it's manifest, when it becomes physical, God, man cannot doubt, God, the, again, the results of being people of faith. And we thank you for that. God, we give you praise and glory because of that. Father, we just pray that God, as we're developing the God, that we have patience to stay the course. God, I speak to the young Christians that are here today. The God that it is not a passing thing or a fleeting thing that comes and goes. The God, it's a consistent, 
constant that we have patience, we believe, God, your word to be true. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.